So uh, if you could get started and just tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started and what you do. Um, obviously, you are a law enforcement officer, so um, super excited. My um, my husband was actually also in law enforcement. He has left law enforcement at the moment, but um, but so big respect to our LEOs out there. Well, thank you so much. So I started my life off as an engineer working on semiconductor equipment. I have a bachelor degree in electronics engineering technology. No I way. then, after 10 years of that, I just saw an ad in the paper one day for police department that they needed police and just, I'm kind of a adventure person. So I said, I'm going to change careers. And I did. And I became a police officer in a very big department, 125 officers. Oh, wow. um, after being on patrol for three years, I was assigned an SRO at a school at a middle school with 1,200 students. I then moved to a 2,300 student high school where I worked for five years. And now I moved up to the mountains and I'm an SRO at a school with 300 kids K through 12. K through 12, 300? Yes. Yeah, so not only do I know the students, I know their names of their pets, their uncles, yeah. their everything. <laughs> Wow, that is a small, small community. But that's a really great perspective because you've got all of the ages that um, that are out there. <laughs> so yes, I have all the ages and I have all the sizes of cities and towns and a various, basically, um, economic background of all the kids. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. Um, so kind of going off of uh, the questions that I've already sent you, but what do you love about your job and what you get to do every day? So I love building relationships with the community, with the kids, with the families, with everybody around. Um, we have a very poor community out in the mountains. So we're up in the mountains. Some people come up to hide from everything. Right. And so I have kids with no running water, no electricity and three feet of snow in the yard. Yeah. So on Fridays I put, food boxes in the back of my truck and I travel around and say hi to everybody. It's, it's like my own doc Hollywood movie here. That's awesome. And uh, everybody, I love that. Yeah. Everybody I volunteers for everything. So, you know, the, the bar owner, I'll see him at the fire and then you'll be driving the ambulance next. And you know, the guy at the grocery store helped me on an arrest. It's, it's very doc Hollywood ish. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that sounds that sounds amazing. I think my husband would really enjoy that. He was actually at the prison and didn't enjoy that as much, but um, like really loves that kind of work to like get into the community and really help people. You know, it's to protect and serve is, you know, the law enforcement creed. And I love that you really embrace that service part of it. Yes, that is definitely my favorite. That's awesome. Um, so let's get into our kids and technology because that's really what we're here all about. Um, my first question, and I didn't really put these questions in order, so they might be a little disjointed, but what do you think are the most dangerous apps you can allow um, your kids to use right now? So number one by far is Omegle. If, oh, for if sure. You feel if you see Omegle, that is just straight pornography and it's live pornography. So you basically yep. say next on something and it's going to match you up with a random person, a random screen somewhere in the world. Yeah. And especially later on in the evening, it's a bunch of adult men who are masturbating and a bunch of groups of young girls watching them do it. Right. So you're getting one or the other or live sex. It, it is by far the ugliest, scariest um, and there, you don't have to log into anything for that. So it's super hard to track. 
So I've had some yeah. ugly things happen to people from Omegle. My next two would be Snapchat and TikTok. Sure. Um, um, with the Omegle thing, sorry to interrupt, um, because I've been doing this well, exactly what I'm doing for many, 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 many years. Um, and it originally started as something called chat roulette. They rebranded to this Omegle. And so I always check out the new things just to, you know, make sure I know what's going on. And I hop onto chat roulette and literally the first thing I saw was male genitalia right on my screen. I was like, ah, and I shut my laptop and I was like, never go into that site again. Yeah. It's live and it happens so much. And Kids will log in, but they don't even log in. You just open the website and you're there. There's no login. There's no anything. Yeah. Yeah. Super open. Um, so about Snapchat, what is your um, least, like, what do you like least about Snapchat? What is the, where, why is it dangerous? So the thing I like least about Snapchat is it works hard to be against parents watching over their kids, <laughs> right? So every time a, a parent gets any kind of tip or trick on there, Snapchat works hard to get it off of there. Um, it is very secretive, not only what you see, but in the sextortion schemes that are going around right now, Snapchat actually deletes the peer-to-peer -peer conversations. So when I subpoena them for information, hey, I've got uh, you know a 10-year-old being sextortioned by an adult somewhere. Right. They've actually gotten rid of those chats. So I do get IP addresses, so I can find who the person is, but I have no evidence. So unless the... Oh, there you are. You You're froze up first. Frozen up. I'm going to get closer to my router here. Maybe that'll help. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. You were saying that you, you subpoena them. This is where we lost you. You subpoena them. That you have no evidence, which, oh, heartbreaking. We keep going. I have no evidence. So the other things it does, if a parent takes a phone and says, hey, I am going to check through your phone. If that kid logs in on another phone, it, it logs the parent out of that phone. Right. Um, it has live mapping within about six feet. So if a predator wants to find a kid, it's super easy for them to find them. They just look at the map. Um, it has its own pin coded picture vault. That is horrible. Most parents don't know it's there. And then again, a parent will take the phone. Hey, what's your pin code? I'm not telling you. And then, you know, the kid, they'll send the kid to the room. They'll log in on a second device, delete all the pictures. Then I magically remember their pin code. Sure. Um, so Snapchat just makes it super easy for predators to talk to kids and it makes it super hard. It's, it's totally against parents and their ability to check on the safety of their kids. Yeah, uh, I totally agree with everything you're saying there. Um, the other thing I don't like about Snapchat is I feel it gives the kids a false sense of privacy. They think, oh, this is going to disappear so I can do whatever I want, you know, but there's kids out there who are going to record the recording of it or download the picture or whatever. And so that's like, it's giving them a false sense of privacy when they really don't have that privacy. Correct. And there's a lot of third-party apps that will save every picture that you send no matter what. And it won't tell you that it's saving those. Right. Right. Because I mean, Snapchat has the like, oh, somebody took a screenshot of your snap, but that doesn't take into account somebody else's phone recording the phone, you know, and things like that. So that really doesn't do much of anything to just say, Hey, somebody's somebody yep. screenshotted you. Yeah. <laughs> and almost every predator I have arrested has used Snapchat for their dirty deeds. Everything is let's go to Snapchat. Let's go to Snapchat because it is very criminal friendly. Yeah. And speaking of that, I've heard that kids are also using Snapchat to find drugs and things like that. It's super easy to find drugs. Lots of people post it on their 24-hour timeline. Here's the drugs I have. 
they will deliver them right to wherever you are located. That is crazy. So yeah, I, I 100% agree with you on Snapchat. Curious about your TikTok um, edition. What, what do you like least about TikTok? So TikTok is basically group grooming your kids to be worth their body parts. Mm. So Very especially young girls, they'll find that if they want to go viral, which is every kid's dream right now, you right. show more skin. Right. And yeah. the way I explain this it's to true. people is look, the, the very first TikTok challenge essentially was the plank challenge. Sure. Um, where you push up position to plank to push up position facing the camera. Well, right. if you wear appropriate clothing, you're going to get 10 likes. Sure. Now, if you're a female and you wear a loose shirt, you're going to get 10,000 likes. And if uh -huh. you wear something sexy under there, you'll get 100,000 likes just like that. So, and 100,000 adults, especially on a, on a kid, yeah. they shouldn't be liking that. And, we know exactly why they are liking it, but it is group grooming to yeah. teach your kids that they're worth their body parts, right? Now, all the challenges. Right now, there's the awful couple challenges that adult women are causing young girls to have a hard time with. So behind the door challenge, have you seen this? I have not. Yeah, tell me about it. Okay, so behind the door challenge, adult women basically are in a room. There's a door on the far side of the room. And so the door is cracked open or open all the way, like exactly <laughs> like you have. Like a door on the far side of the room. There we go. <laughs> So then a, a female walks across with her bare breast showing. So it's just a fraction of a second you see her bare breast. And so, you know, you know everybody tries to go through and pause it on the, the bare breast. And then she comes out of the room wearing clothing. Or she'll do the same thing. She'll go and she'll pick up a laundry basket from a side view. So you see breasts. And then she puts up the laundry basket so she faces you. Um so that's behind the door challenge. Well, what happens now? You got all these adult women doing this. So now the high school boys are asking all their um, students at the school, all the girls, hey, when are you going to do the challenge? When are you going to do the challenge? Sure. And any high school girl that does that challenge will have three or 400,000 likes from adults who shouldn't be doing that. Nope. So this is happening all the time. Do you have the tattoo challenge with, hey, show us your most private tattoo, expensive tattoo. I mean, all these things are sexualizing kids and parents right. who look at TikTok, they don't see the same thing, right? They're going to, parents right. are going to see very clean, friendly things. Yeah, that's what I see when I open up TikTok. I, I see kid, uh, I see uh, you know somebody cleaning their house and like, and running videos. I get a lot of running videos. So the other two, a couple challenges that are going on right now is females. You see the top of their head bobbing up and down, and they're acting like they're at work. You know, getting I'm getting my raise. I'm I'm getting my days off next week. I'm getting my whatever. Or they have their hand off the screen, acting like they're doing sexual favors for somebody. This all matters to the kids because they see how many likes you get. And then not only that, but then these people are starting to put their paychecks that they're getting from OnlyFans. Basically, after 10 o'clock, everybody starts advertising their OnlyFans. Oh, my gosh. Well, now they're showing paychecks from OnlyFans. Well, like one of the top OnlyFans models right now, which was a pornography actress as well, is making $40,000 a month. It's insane. Right. So average females are making, you know, they can make $1,500 to $3,000 pretty easy. Because yeah. you for OnlyFans, it's $14.99 a month to subscribe to some level, or you can do okay. per picture, but they're making sure. a lot of money. And then they're putting on TikTok, here's my brand new car paid for by OnlyFans, here's my brand new house, here's my brand new everything. And so now even in high school, I'm starting to get girls especially who say, um, high school diplomas are for ugly kids because if you're pretty, you can make money, right? That is oh awful, gosh. but it is Ouch. So yeah, yeah, group grooming. Yeah. which is exactly what it is. Now, if you're a boy and you want to get viral, you have to hit somebody on the head with a shovel. 
<laughs> I can see that. Yeah, that's terrible. Right. But these are the things that this is reality. If they're spending this much time on those things. And that's why yeah. TikTok is the granddaddy of getting kids ready to be sexually trafficked. Right. Because they are worth yeah. their body parts once they start yeah. watching that for hours. And kids will watch it 12, 13 hours a day. They'll spend on TikTok. Yeah. And like, and I've talked about this. Um, I was talking to the Trumi CEO and had kind of an epiphany here about they kids today are sleep deprived because they're on, you know, TikTok or whatever, browsing super late at night. You know, the parents aren't locking down their phones or whatever. But the sleep deprivation is actually part of like a brainwashing technique, you know, and so they're doing this sleep deprivation basically and they're getting brainwashed by social media. Yes. And so China, who makes TikTok in their own country, when kids do any kind of searches, they steer them towards academic and sports. Sure. When you do anything, it starts moving you towards academics and sports because they want their kids to be smarter, not dumber. Yeah. Well, with the United States kids, they just let them do whatever they want. And usually it guides them towards pornography, towards violence, towards all kinds of things that are not healthy for kids. And parents are happy to let them be on there 12 hours a day because they don't have to be a parent. It's like, hey, here's your phone. I never have to see you again until you're like 25. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to meet that 25-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I get to meet them. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You'll see you're a deputy now, right? Yeah. I Deputy Gomez, if that's the that's your life. Yep. Um, so are there any social media apps that you do recommend that um, kids could use? So Roblox is kind of a, a, a strange one because Roblox for kids, it has, you know, three, four hundred mini games inside of it, which some of those mini games probably are more very, than that. Yeah. Yes. They're very educational. I mean, yeah. many, many of them are very educational. You know, I have grandkids, they love to play Roblox and I see some of the things that they're doing and some of them, yeah, you're, you're learning how to save, you're learning how to build things, you're learning how to, super educational. So if a parent is with the ki kids watching them play the game, it is very educational and I highly recommend it. If a parent uses it as a babysitter, I do not recommend it at all because there are so many predators who are on there. I've arrested sexual predators and I see they have three or four or five Roblox accounts, depending on what age kids they want to talk to. And yeah. it is so full of predators. People say, well, it's a kid's game. Yes. Well, if you're a predator who That's likes it, it puts them in a nice little bow wrapped box for the predators. Right. Right. So if you're a parent and you're going to watch them play, that's an excellent game to play. That along with yeah. Minecraft are both excellent. Yeah. If you're not going to watch, don't let them on there. Right. I, People are using it as a babysitter that, hey, play Roblox. They can go to dinner. They can go to Disneyland and come back in three days. And the kid's still going to be playing Roblox there. Yeah. And with Roblox, it's, you know, like you said, if you're not monitoring it, there are games that are inappropriate because it's user generated content. So some predator can create this game that is grooming children to want to do things. So they create this game and they put it on there. And the kids start playing it and then they're interacting with them via the chat. You know, if a parent was like watching, they're like, oh, this game is really inappropriate, you know, but they need to be vigilant and see what they're playing, what games they're playing, who they're interacting with and all of that on Roblox. Yes. Roblox even inside has its own Omegle system. So there's a there's one of the many things that's, hey, look, hit next and it's going to match you up with somebody random in the world. And usually what yeah. they do is they start 
talking you into getting Snapchat, into doing weird things. Um, so highly, if you're going to be with them, fine. If you're not going to be with them, don't have it. Minecraft is another one of my favorites. The reason Minecraft is my favorite is because you can unplug from the internet completely and still play Minecraft. Yeah, and that is sure. one of my favorites as well. Hey, you know what? Unplug. You're not talking to anybody. You're not seeing anybody. You're not doing anything. It's excellent for that reason is, is one of my favorites. Yeah. And so with Minecraft, love it. It looks, you know, just like a regular game. It doesn't have all of the different user generated games that, um, that Roblox has. Um, but what people, parents don't realize is there are servers that you can join and interact with strangers on those servers in Minecraft. But like you said, you can unplug the internet from that and play Minecraft, you know, and it's still super fun. Love that game for kids. But yeah, but be aware if they're joining servers and if they're talking to people. Yep. So standalone on my, it's about the only game I know, you know, that's really kids will play standalone. There's a lot of other games that you can play standalone, but that's the one kids will play for hours on a standalone, non-connected Minecraft. They'd rather be connected, but for a parenting sure. standpoint. Yeah. And another fun thing, like I had a Minecraft server on just one of my desktops here too. And so my son's cousins would be able to join that server and it was just like them on the server, but they can play together, even they're not in the same location. Um, and that's like a really moderated way to let them play with people that are not here, but not strangers. Yes. Yes. Which yeah. many parents are not able, are not that tech savvy. Right. That's true. <laughs> um, so we we got we covered Roblox and we covered Minecraft. Are there any other social media apps that you say, yeah, these are OK for kids to use? I mean, and I say kids, but like teens, tweens, you know, let's get into all that. There are not. So they're not. <laughs> the one I get asked about the most is Be Real. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of a I feel like kids are trying to talk their parents into something. Hey, look, here's the Be Real app. Even you can't say that it's wrong. Right. And so what sure. I've seen from the Be Real app is it starts addicting your kid to screen time. Right. And then it asks you to take a picture of yourself at any time during the day. Mm -hmm. So now kids are being funny. It's like, well, I'm you know going to the bathroom. So I took my picture in the bathroom where I'm doing this <laughs> at highly inappropriate times. Um, but then what happens is, you know, they'll find somebody and talk to them and the person will scribble them notes or something like that. But then the kid deletes it or logs in by themselves with another person. And now they can talk to each other privately. I So I haven't, I saw, I've seen that you posted that Facebook um, post about that. And I have not been able to find a private chat on Be Real. So can you explain where that Correct. might be? And So there is not a private chat on Be Real. Oh, okay. Because you just said that you can connect and then ch chat privately. So you can. So kid goes on, has, you know, hundred friends. They're doing their be real for whatever. Now they meet somebody that they want to talk to. Here's, I got their, you know, their name. Okay. Now I'm going to add a, a three to the end of my username. Log in tomorrow, same time. So the kid creates a new account, logs in. Okay. The bad guy creates a new account, logs in. Now they're talking to each other privately because they're the only two people. That makes sense. So you haven't Perfect added sense. anybody else. Yep. Yep. Good find. That's yep. impressive. Yeah. I mean, obviously you get to deal with the kids every day. So you know all the ways that they're getting around this stuff. Yeah. But... For like a week, I'm like, okay, be real is fine. But then right away, a parent got a hold of me and, hey, this is what we found. I'm like, oh, just like right. the uh, Fitbit app, right? People don't okay. understand that the Fitbit app is its own social media application. The Bible yeah. app is its own social media application. And 
especially with the Fitbit app, when, if a parent is diligent about monitoring, it shows as a health, you know, hey, my kid is exercising for two hours, not for sending sure. messages back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Everything, and I've talked about this before too, everything is getting a like social component or even like a direct message component, you know, with Pinterest has a direct messenger that a lot of parents aren't aware of, um, you know, and like you said, Fitbit, you know, my Garmin Connect has a social component, you know, everything that you can think of is adding a social component to their app um, and, you know, people, kids are getting in trouble. <laughs> Yep. So the, the the Christmas lights that are programmable that all the kids got this year, same thing. It's got a forum in there that you can talk to people. No way. That's insane. Give lights, give lights, something like that, that the kids got for Christmas. Okay. That's crazy. I haven't, I hadn't heard that one either. Um, but it reminded me there was another one that, oh, this is how kids, like if you have Spotify, they'll create a Spotify playlist and change the titles of the songs on the playlist to chat back and forth with each other because Spotify doesn't have a chat anymore. And so they change the titles of the songs to chat with each other on Spotify. Yes. And so when, when I first heard about that, it was actually, they were changing their playlist. Right, right, right. Yeah. So they were changing their playlist. And then since then Spotify got rid of that even. Oh, nice. <laughs> Cause I called Spotify. It's like, Hey, I'm seeing screenshots of kids chatting, but I'm not feeling it. And they they verified that it was happening and they've changed it. That's then, awesome to hear. But then, so I haven't seen that you can channel Spotify anymore. Okay, cool. It was genius, I, I how they did, it was genius how they did it. Yeah, it was. <laughs> For sure. But, you know, less people think, Sp I, I love Spotify. We have a family subscription, you know, totally use Spotify. Um, but kids are finding pornography on Spotify though, like through different podcasts and things like that. Right. Yes. Yeah. So be aware of that as well. Yes. Spotify, um, there's people with playlists, basically a playlist of pornographic covers. The sure. other thing was, the other thing with Spotify is you can get very erotic stories to play for you. Mm. So that is the other place where you, you can get, you know, you know, some, erotica story to play for you and it's very graphically pornographic yeah. so kids will hear that and a lot of times they'll listen to it in a group because they think it's funny and they'll talk about it at school and sure yeah what a teenage boy thinks is funny is just beyond me it um, is different yeah <laughs> and i have like an almost 14 year old so i totally get it um so what are some of the biggest mistakes you're seeing parents make these days and just so you guys know if you have any questions at all for officer gomez or for me um feel free to pop those in the comments or the chat uh, and we can get to those questions when we're done talking but yeah continue biggest so mistake big, parents are making, biggest yeah. mistakes i see parents making is they trust their monitoring program mm, yes so whatever whatever monitoring program they use they trust that that they're being you know helped out that they're being safe by having that monitoring program and yep. i can tell you right now that kids can get around every single monitoring program there is um yep. some of the specialty phones are much better um that are specifically for monitoring and you order the whole phone and everything system um, right. you have you know true me gab wireless bark uh, yep. pinwheel light phone all those are great um yeah. people can still get around those but nothing like a real phone Correct. Um, kids have found a way around every single monitoring application there is at the school with Chromebooks. They, they, everybody asks, well, are Chromebooks safe? No, they are not. And no, there's no yeah. way for somebody to monitor them. 
just no way. So kids right. get pornography, they get everything on the Chromebooks at school. And no matter how good your monitoring program is, the kids still find a way around it. So for sure, parents trusting those is ridiculous because it's, they leave their phones in there all night long. Kids aren't sleeping. Then someday they discover, hey, I thought we were, we were safe. We were monitoring. And then this happened. And then this happened. Well, the monitoring program, I still advise highly that you put a monitoring program on. Yeah. It'll help you. And sometimes you'll catch something, but basically it shows your kid, you know, hey, you think this is important Yeah. as a parent. But right. parents trusting that is is not good. Parents trusting that the Chromebooks that their, ki their kids get or the, the MacBook Pro, whatever they're sending home from the school is monitored. Right. They are monitored, not effectively. And there's not a program in the world or a person in the world that can monitor those effectively. The kids are just too good and they are addicted to it. Yeah. It's like parents telling a heroin addict, hey, you're not... <laughs> that heroin addict is going to do whatever it takes to get heroin. Yeah. Same thing as kids with social media. They will right. do anything to get social media and they are geniuses at it. Yeah. And so I like to, this is my little analogy because I completely agree. And that's one of my big hangups with some different products and things like that. It's like they're touting this as safe and the parents get this false sense of safety and that drives me crazy. We're like, oh, but I did this. And you're like, well, no. Like, did you check that it was working frequently? Did you, um, you know, make sure it's installed correctly? Did you see if there's anything that they can do to bypass it and all of this stuff? And so I always say, like, let's say, like, you know, pornography or whatever is inappropriate for your family is uh, like a, a water bottle, right? And I take the water bottle and I put it in a safe. And then I take that safe and I put it in my car and lock the car. And then that car is in my locked garage and the locked garage is in my locked house. Well, a burglar couldn't get to that water bottle. It might take them a while to get there, but they'll get there. And that's the same thing with kids. You know, no matter how many locks you put in place, you know, I promote, you know, four different parental control layers, but they're still going to be able to get around all four of those layers at some point. Yeah, and they have a million friends trying to help them, right? So right. You got a, a million burglars are teaching that burglar, hey, try this code, do this, go through the yeah. chimney, right? Yeah, you and break. not just a million friends that they know, the internet. Like yeah. I I have a, um, a video on my YouTube channel, this 10, or I think it's even 20 ways your kids are getting around your parental controls. And I have kids commenting on that video all the time saying, Thanks for letting me know how to get around parental controls. I'm like, well, that's not really the point, but like, let's let your parents watch this so they can lock that down. But, um, but yeah, like, so they could just do a Google search, find my video, find like a hundred other videos that are yes. teaching them how to get around every single control that's in place. Yeah. We had a kid selling flash drives at school, $10 to get around go guardian on our, on our school issued devices. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right. Here's a flash drive, plug it in. It'll get you around the go. And it does. Right. And it basically, you know, you can oh, start sure. the computer in safe mode and you're around everything. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's crazy. That's a great um, mistake you're seeing parents make. I love that. Um, so what is one thing that you see that you wish parents would see? Like, I hope you understand the question, but it's a poorly worded question. Okay. So what I see that I wish parents would see is that Social media is taking away your kid's self-worth. 
right? It is reprogramming your kids to be worth their body parts and worth their emotions and beliefs. So no longer are you worth your actions. No longer are you worth your honor, your integrity, your, you know, these things that have had been family values forever. And it is getting rid of those. Um, and when I talk to kids, you know, I always use the example, you know, a young lady comes to me crying, hey, I'm third boyfriend. I don't get, I get these non-committal guys. And I ask her, what are you worth? And she has no idea what she's worth. Oh, and I ask hundreds of kids, what are you worth? And yeah. what they think they're worth is they start telling me, well, I'm for abortion or against abortion. I'm just, like, you're 10. What do you mean? Right. And right. all these political things, right? CRT, not CRT, whatever the politics of the day is, that's what they think they're worth. If they are worth all the right sides of that, according to social media, or they're worth their body parts, right? I, you know, hey, you know, I got a viral video last month or I made however much on OnlyFans. That's what they think they're worth. And if parents aren't spending at least the same amount of time with their kids as, as their kids are spending on social media, guess what? Social media is raising your kids. And someday okay. you're going to wake up and say, who is this kid in my house? Yeah. Right. And so that's what I see at the school that they are being basically brainwashed into having social media values. And it's happening to the adults at just a quicker rate, right? Because yeah. there's adults, the news, I just take the news to an, into account. You know, 15 years ago, when I saw somebody on the news, they had integrity, they had value, they had they were tr tried to be truthful, they made some mistakes, and there was a little bit of propagandizing. These days, nobody even comes close to even caring about the truth. Nobody apologizes yeah. if you catch them, right? So adults are in the same place. And yeah. I would say, we need to bring family values back. And if the only way you can bring family values back is spending time with your family. Totally agree. Um, it reminds me of like, so I love watching court cases. I wanted to be a lawyer when I was in high school. I ended up in technology. I don't know, but, um, but I love watching court cases on YouTube. And so I literally watched the entirety of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, like from gavel to gavel, I watched the whole thing. And then after the verdict came out, I'm seeing all of these headlines that are completely opposite of what I watched, uh -huh. you know, there, and it like blew me away. I'm like, I watched the whole thing. I know none of that is true. Like that is so insane that, you know, there's no integrity. They're just going to push whatever agenda they think they need to push. And I'm like, I literally watched the whole thing and that's not what happened. Yeah, it's just craziness. But if that's happening and kids are seeing this, well, then they have no integrity. They have no value. Right. And if you're a parent and you're on social media yourself and you let yourself get fired up by social media, guess what? Your kids are going to do the same thing. Yeah. And it takes nothing for people to get fired up. on. So I see it on mine. I'll say something completely, you know, you can't even argue with that. If you try and then here comes somebody to argue with it. And they get so emotional and angry. Yes. And it's like, that's not what this is for. This is a learning environment. But if you yeah. can't get on social media without getting angry and upset, guess what? Your kids can't either. Right, right. And if you feel yourself, like this is typical. I, I like to talk about if you're watching your kids like gaming or something and they, you're, they're starting to show signs that it's too much for the day. You know, they're getting really frustrated easily and they're getting angry and quick to... Um, to have emotional reactions. I'm like, okay, we're done with that for now. And so I think a lot of adults would be wise to be like, okay, I'm getting really emotionally involved in this and I need to step away for a bit. Yes. So awful things are happening and they're happening to a generation, not just to a few people. Right.
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's go back to school. Um, if kids are distracted at school, what is the one app or thing you see causing the most distractions during the school day? I'm still actually, I, I sorry, I, I am shocked at how quickly my kids will respond to a text in the middle of school. I'm like, aren't you in class? Like, why are you looking at your phone? But uh, so let me know. Okay, so first of all, most schools have some kind of a cell phone policy. Not many of them enforce it. I would say that yeah. a lot of schools don't enforce it because it's too big a battle. Um, sure. When a teacher asks a kid for a phone, the kids say, no, my mom told me I didn't have to give it to you. It's my phone. Oh, yeah. I have to have it in case it's a school shooting. And then the number one answer when they ask, well, what are you doing? Even though they're not there, well, my mom is texting me which right. unfortunately is true a lot of the times. And I was going to say, I, I'm guilty of it, but I'm like, I just don't expect them to respond. I'm like, you don't need that text right now. Yeah, so teachers basically are giving up the cell phone fight. And not only are yeah. they giving it up, now they're adding to it. So over the pandemic, teachers would assign Chrome pack or uh, the, the Google packets. And when you're done with your Google packet, you can get on your phone and do whatever you want. So now you have a, a carrot that the kids want yeah. They can go on, copy, paste, get their Google packet done, and now they can play on their phone for the rest of the hour. And the teachers can cru cruise on Amazon or do whatever things they want to do on their computer, and everybody's happy. Unfortunately, yeah. there's no learning happening. Right. Okay, so like, what, go ahead, keep going. What causes the, a big distractions at school is these these lists. So let's say the Smasher Pass list. Um, okay. For those of you that don't know, what I'm like I'm not familiar. Bring it on. Okay, so smash your pass list usually happens on Instagram, but it can happen on anything. Um, a, a kid will make a fake Instagram account. They'll take a picture of a female student, and it's smash her pass. Smash means to have, yeah, I would have sex with her, or pass sure. means I wouldn't have sex with her. So then, of course, everybody starts chiming in, smash your pass. Mm -hmm. Super degrading if you're one of the people they took a picture of, no matter what, right? Because not only do they say smash her pass, they say all kinds of things, right? I would do this, sure. or I wouldn't do that, or... She looks like my dog or whatever. It's it's awful. Yeah. But as soon as one of those lists starts, now everybody's got to check it every five minutes to see who's next on there and what did they say about them. And yeah. there's a ton of those lists. There's fights, right? There's two, you know, we usually use the area code 208 fights. They have mm -hmm. the, you know, rate my rack and they're not talking about deer. <laughs> they're not talking about what's on my car. Yeah. And so- Teachers are often pictured in those things as well. You know, the only, the only, you know, easy one that's not, you know, it's kind of funny is rate my shoes where they, a lot of times it's a teacher shoe, you know, what are those? But those, you can imagine if, if that list is going around school, which it always is in one yeah. way or another, how distracting is going to be to kids, right? They're not going to be able to focus for 10 minutes. They need to go to the bathroom, check who's on there, who's on there, who's on there. And then they come back to the classroom. Well, you know, this girl's on there now and she's got this many smash and this many pass. And parents will call me, well, can't you make them stop? No, I can't make them stop. That's free speech. Instagram's right. not going to take it down. Yeah. Even if I do get a, a way to take it down, they're going to make another one in five minutes and start all over again. Yeah. Right. So these are hugely distracting. And I'll tell you that my school from last year to this year, we went to enforcing our no cell phone policy. Oh, wow. So last year we have a cell phone policy. It wasn't enforced and teachers were abusing it just as much as anybody else. Sure. This year, we had a new principal, and I told the principal, this is one of our biggest issues, is, is cell phones. Yeah. And so she came in and said, hey, we are taking away the discretion of teachers to allow cell phones. So you nice. can't even do it in discretion. You want to teach with cell phones, go to another school. Yeah. It changed our school so quickly and so much better than it was before. 
kids wow. will talk to each other in the hallway. Teachers will talk to kids. Teachers are connected to the kids. Kids are connected to each other. It is right. an amazing change that happens. Now, Crazy. one teacher not allowing it, which we had a couple of teachers who had a really hard time with the no cell phone policy. And so sure. they allow the cell phones. Well, then every kid wants to be in that class. Well, sure. hey, I'm going to go to Mr. Such and Such's class because I need to catch up on their this. But they're really going there because they want to check their phones. Yeah. Right. So then that becomes a big problem. But you cannot if you go to a no cell phone, you can have any teachers that allow it or it just messes up the whole thing. So yeah. that combined with a good tardy policy. So basically, our tardy policy would change to you're late today. You do lunch detention today. Nice. We call it academic support to make it sound cool, but yeah, <laughs> but it's detention. It's detention. And that is an amazing change at the school, right? So yeah. I can't recommend it enough. And you know, on my Facebook page, I have the sample of the policy that we use in case any school wants to copy that. You just change the names. Here it is. Um, essentially, the kids, the biggest fight you get back from parents about cell phones at school is, hey, if there's a shooting, I want my kid to be able to call me. Sure. So yeah. Look, they can have them in their backpacks. They can have them in their pocket. We don't care as long yeah. as they're not using them. And then there's Got stiff it. penalties for them using them. Yeah. But then parents as well, they're dropping the ball. You can put an app on there that monitors your kid's cell phone at school and you can lock down the social media so that they can't use social media at school. Yet yeah. I've seen maybe five cell phones out of, you know, a hundred thousand that have that going on. Yeah. And even if they do, a lot of the kids will have a secondary phone at the school. Sure. Because like they get hand-me-down phone. phones from their friends and yep. go yeah, with so that. Cell phones at the school, if you don't have a, an actual enforced no cell phone policy, do your kids a favor, right? Get the no cell phone policy going. It, give them a break at school. It's it's an educational yeah. time. If they have cell phones, it's not an it's a babysitting time. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about that. Like, so with that smash your pass, which I hadn't heard of, but it sounds like the early days of Facebook, that was how Facebook got started was they were rating different, uh, girls from different houses at, um, at Harvard. Uh -huh. I don't know if you, yeah. Um, so let's chat about bullying. So like, what are some of the ways kids are getting bullied aside from this smash or pass, which sounds terrible. So the smash or pass list is obviously a bullying way. Sometimes yeah. you get people that try and bully each other um, person to person. Hey, look, I'm going to send somebody a message. I'm just going to bully you. You're ugly. You should go. Probably the, the biggest one is you should go kill yourself, right? I always get the sure. parents. Well, somebody told my kid they should go kill themselves. I'm like, well, did you tell them not to? Yeah. Right. And then I tell parents, hey, look, you know, just block, delete and move on with your life. Yeah. And parents can't even do that. You know, it's like, hey, block, delete, move on with your life. And then, you know, if the parent usually will say, well, if I block and delete them, then we won't know if we're being bullied. Yeah. Great. Imagine that, <laughs> yeah. <right>? Fantastic. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. Um, but parents are just as addicted to the phones as the kids are. And some parents are just as addicted to the drama as the kids are. The kids who get bullied sure. the most are usually the biggest bullies themselves. Interesting. Um, and so the way that works is, you know, you get some kid who, who, who talks badly about everybody. Well, pretty soon everybody's going to talk bad about them. Right. Right. Whereas if you just got one-on-one, -on -one, it's easy to fix. Yeah. Um, yeah, that totally makes sense. But with social media, every application you can block and delete. But then we have the fear yeah. of missing out. You're going to miss out on whatever they said to you next. Right. Um, so when I get 
parents that call me and say, my kid is being bullied. I say, excellent. This is a good chance for us to learn. Um, let's coach our kids through this as yeah. every parent should coach their kids through this. Every parent should welcome certain problems because you need to teach your kids how to handle it. And I always tell them there's a difference sure. between bullying and social conflict. Good. That That's, I, I'm loving, to, I'm loving this. This is great. Keep going. Yeah. Okay, I'm so, like, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh yes, thank you. <laughs> and so we have to differentiate the two. So when I first started at the schools, the bullying definition was, you know, perception of imbalanced power, imbalance, some, some weird thing that was hard to enforce anyways. Sure. Um, what I changed it to is um, any kind of one-way repeat, repetitive harassment in any way, shape, or form, right? One-way repeated harassment. Yeah. If some kid calls your kid, you know, whatever bad word at school and goes, you know, walks down the hallway, that's rude, but it's not bullying. Yeah. If your kid gets in a Twitter fight and starts losing, the first parent to call me is not the victim of bullying. That is social conflict. Yeah. Right. But there is one way rep repetitive harassment, but we have to differentiate that from social conflict and your kids need to know how to deal with social conflict. They're going to deal with it for their whole life. And yeah. when you don't teach them to, to do that, that's the kids that when they get cut off as an adult, 25, 30 years old, they get cut off in traffic. Now they're following somebody home and gunshots and, you know, or they go to, you know, McDonald's and somebody gets their burger wrong and they don't know how to handle social conflict. So they freak out and make an event of it. Right. So when social conflict is happening at school, you should take that opportunity. Let's sit down. Let's talk about this. Mm -hmm. Right. So we take high risk teens into our home. We, you know, all our kids are grown and out. So it's, it's low risk for us to do that. But we take high risk teens because we, we can. One of the first things we tell them, it, well, inherently they always feel like they're more bullied because they have no value they have no self-value they're no self-worth and i always tell kids what are you worth and who controls your thoughts and emotions yeah and they always think well i control my thoughts and emotions not if you're going home crying because of somebody else puts posted something on social media they are controlling yeah. your thoughts and emotions so in our house we always say hey in this house we cannot be offended by mere mortals and it takes a month of them being in our house before they start getting that but then we yeah. sit down and we basically tabletop, hey, what are the situations you're going to get into where you're going to feel bullied? And that, is that bullying? Is it social conflict? Okay, now that it's social conflict, now how can we handle it? Are we going to let them control our thoughts and emotions? Or are we going to control our own thoughts and emotions? Yeah. And once you start breaking it down like that, it becomes quite simple. And I can, you know, with a school of 2300 high school students, weekly, I would have a kid come in, hey, I'm being bullied. All right. Do you want me to fix it for you? Do you want me to teach you how to fix it? Right. Right. And I could teach them how to fix it. 99% of the time, I teach them to fix it without ever talking to the bully. Yeah. But because we've and gotten into the society where somebody says bullying and it's beyond reproach, we're not doing the right thing by the kids. We need to teach them how to handle these things. And a parent, that's your number one job. So when a, when a kid comes with a problem, hey, excellent. Let's teach them how to solve this. I love that so, 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 so much because I think one of the big problems that kids are facing today is that they don't know how to be in a conflict situation and don't know how to be uncomfortable and they don't know how to handle like somebody else's choices. Like their choices should like they don't affect me unless, you know, their choices to 
drive drunk and they hit me, sure, that is the effect of their choice. But their choices of what they say, that can't affect me because that is their choice. And you can't change what they are choosing to do. And like I see these kids who cannot handle other people thinking differently than them or being different than them. And they just freak out. So I love, love, love that whole thing. <laughs> yes. And I deal with it a lot and it, it works well. And, you know, every kid that comes to our house, I mean, within a month or two, they can't be bullied anymore. Right. They are bullyproof. Yeah. For the rest of their uh, lives. Yeah. And it's so funny. I mean, my kids, I mean, I didn't do anything special. They just came this way, but um, have amazing self-confidence. But I'm still tonight when they get home, I'm going to ask them what their worth is because I loved that question. Like that is such a great question to ask your kids. Like, what is your worth? I love that. Yep. And so I, when I'm talking to kids in the school, especially groups of kids, I always tell them, hey, twos don't marry tens and tens don't marry twos. Where are we at? <laughs> And then I tell them, hey, look, in high school, you're a five. How do yeah. we get to a two? We do drugs. We do, you know, disrespectful, showing up to class late. All these things will make you down to a two easy. How do we get to yeah. a 10? We start, you know, getting good grades, showing up on time, doing, you know, taking pride in our work, learning skills, languages, sports, better yourself so right. that when you start deciding on partners and friends, you can have better partners and friends. I love that. Um so back to bullying, which, and I love your social conflict versus bullying. It's so perfect. Um, but I see a lot of parents like online and stuff say, hey, this is happening to my kid. Should I go talk to the school? And often I'm like, well, that's happening outside of school. What is the school going to do about that? Like, and why is it their responsibility? So is that the right step to go to the school or, you know, what kind of steps should parents take? I mean, aside from from what you've already said, which is awesome. So the, 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 the greatest person to, to solve this is your kid themselves, right? That is the best thing you yeah. can do um, by far. The next one would be call and talk to the parents. Let's get the sure. second side of the story because oftentimes it's a two-sided thing. It's a social sure. conflict. It's, no, it's not bullying. Yeah. Um, and over and over and over again, I tell parents, hey, look, it's rarely bullying. It's rarely bullying, right? Because that just doesn't happen. Because when one person disengages, that bully will go on to the next person they're going to get a reaction from. Right. So solve in your own house first. Call the other parents if you possibly can, because that's not only solving it the quickest, but then you're showing a, a child conflict resolution. Hey, look, let's talk to the parents. Let's talk this through. And don't call the parent, hey, look, I'm going to kill you if your kid touches me again. <laughs> yeah. Let's call the parent and say, hey, look, you know, our kids have a problem. Can we sit down and talk about this? Yeah. Let's come to a resolution because that shows the kids how to do that. Now, if, right. if you can't, and there's some parents who just can't do that because they've never learned how to conflict resolution. Sure. So then the next best is the school. But the school is going to go through the same steps and the parent's going to feel like it failed them because, well, and unless the other kid goes to jail, it's hung up by their toes, then justice right. was not done. Right. Right. But unfortunately, we do get that. And the, the school will say, hey, well, you know, it happened on the weekend and the parents, well, my kid doesn't feel safe at school. So now it's your problem. <laughs> OK, yeah. <laughs> right. And then that happens a lot. So we have to deal with it to some degree. But most schools have a good bullying policy. What people don't understand is bullying rarely happens. I think in my dealing with thousands and thousands and thousands of kids, I can write actually a bullying citation. It's a $72 citation. And I've oh. done it like four times. And it's usually parent induced not right. you know 
the parent is usually the one that's that's at fault for that. Yeah, you're like, I really wanted to write this to the parent. I know the parent has the money, so that's what it's gonna happen. (laughs) And that's exactly how it happens because with kids, I can I can solve kids pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So like and you've been doing this for how many years again? So an SRO, I've been an SRO almost 11 years now. 11 years, four bullying citations in 11 years. So uh, obviously he knows what he's talking about. I totally agree. Most of it is going to be social conflict. And I love that. Um, So let's move on. Unless you had anything else to say about bullying. That's that's about it. We're great. Yeah. Um, I know all families are different. Rules regarding device and internet use is different, but is there any rules that you would say is good for every single family? Yes. Um, no devices in bedrooms, no Wi-Fi of any kind, right? I mean, you got Xboxes, you got phones, you got, you know, even Alexa and those, you know, no devices in bedroom. Well, my kid has a flip phone, no flip phones, no nothing. Let's get, let them get some yeah. sleep. Cause a flip phone, what I've seen to do is they enable the hotspot. Now from their hotspot, they can use their burner phone to get onto the internet. Yeah. No devices in rooms at night ever, right? So rule number one. Um, number two would be no more than 200 friends on any application. I love that. Right, because the more friends you have, the more likely you are to get bullied, the more likely you are to not get sleep, the more likely you are to have some kind of a problem. Well, if you have 5,000 friends, which lots of kids have 5,000 friends, if, if there's a problem, how am I gonna find that? That, could, that person could be anywhere. Right. Right. So that is good for every family. Now I had, you know, I learned most of what I know from kids and parents, but I had a parent, you know, whose daughter was involved in a Twitter fight and parent wasn't given all the information. I know that's shocking, but. What? (laughs) Kids lie? Oh my gosh. The parent, the, 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 the whole skinny, she goes, Hey, you know what Officer Gomez is? We never have to have this problem again because we told our daughter when she was 13 and got a phone, you will never post anything negative on a public forum about somebody else for any reason. Yeah. And so I think she was only a couple of weeks into 13. So they took her phone and she had to wait till she was 14, like a six yeah. month. And I had that girl all the way through senior. She never had another problem. Yeah. Right. So beautiful. Hey, we will never post anything negative about somebody for any reason. Right. That's an excellent rule. Yeah. But you have to. You have to be the example. Uh, those are my three for all families. I think, you know, there's probably some other ones that I've written about in the past, but those are easy, quick ones, right? Um, another rule for no social media until at least 13. 16 Amen. is better. Right? 16 <laughs> is better and 18 is even best. And, you know, you're starting to get more and more kids now I see that are waiting till 16 and the parents that, you know, whatever you need to do, some parents offer money, some parents offer a car, some parents offer whatever to wait till 16. Mm-hmm. 13 year olds are just not set up to handle that. But 13 yeah. is minimum. And I see, you know, of fifth graders, if I were to poll fifth graders right now, I'd say 90% of them have Snapchat already. Oh, that breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, out of 10 kids, right, four kids are on the survival luck parenting plan yeah three kids are going to be the ones whose parents think that their family values will outdo anything social media can do which they can't two parents forbid snapchat and the kids have it anyways sure and one kid just doesn't have it that's it right yeah 
So that's nine out of 10 kids are going to have Snapchat in fifth grade, right? But there's parents who will know, right? They'll, they'll know, they'll figure it out. If you're not able to do that, don't give your kids a cell phone, but that's a great rule. Yeah. So it just reminds me of two things. My friend, um, her, she got a text from another mom saying, your daughter posted a picture of my son on social media and she needs to take it down right away. And my friend's like, well, she doesn't have any social media. We can see exactly what's happening on her phone. Like we can see what apps are installed, what she's using. She does not have social media. So can he say what social media app it was that she had posted on? She's like, oh, I don't know. He just said it was social media. She's like, yeah, that didn't happen. Like, but she knew because she's monitoring the kid's phone and knew exactly what was good. She's like, the best thing that happened to me today was that Sasha doesn't have social media because I totally was able to be like, sorry, that didn't happen. Your son is lying to you. Um, And she's like, I'm not saying that she maybe didn't take a picture of him and like show a picture, you know, from her phone, but she definitely didn't post it on social media. Um, and then the other one was, I just went to lunch with my friend on Saturday and she literally paid her 17 year old $5 a day to not be on TikTok. So every day he wasn't on TikTok. He got $5. He lasted 10 days. She's like best 50 bucks I ever spent. (laughs) Yep. And some people do it with books. Hey, I'll pay you this for books, but 13 is too young. I, I, so many kids just too much, too much. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, so I, like I said, these questions aren't in great order. So what about internet predators? We t- talked about them a little bit. How are you seeing teens fall for what these villains are telling them or you know, how are they grooming them? Okay, so right now the boys are getting hit the hardest. Interesting. For the last six months, and this has happened forever, but for the last six months, this scam has, has taken off and is crazy. Yeah. So adult men are going onto a pornography site and downloading a series of pictures of a 15-year-old looking pornography model. Okay. And by a series of pictures, here she is fully dressed at the mall with her fake friends, at Thanksgiving dinner with her fake family, and then various pictures of her undressed. Sure. Now, so these adult men, they pretend to be this young girl. They start talking to a boy on any kind of social media, whether it's Discord, you know, Switch, whatever it is, Snapchat. How many boys in that age range are going to say stranger danger when a hottie girl contacts them? Zero. Zero. That's the answer. (laughs) Truth. Okay, so now hottie girl starts a relationship with them. And after forever, at least 10 minutes. Hotty girl says, hey, you're super special. You're cute. I can't believe I met you. I mean, they know how to say these things. And they sure. say, hey, I'm going to send you a special picture because I, I, I don't want to lose you. And she sends them a topless picture of themselves, right? Again, this is a known pornography actress who just looks young. Right. And tells the boy to send one back. Every boy is going to send one back, right? That's simple. Mm-hmm. Well, then she sends a full nude. Send me one back. Now, most boys are going to send one back. There's some boys who are just too embarrassed of their bodies or... Something they don't send, but I'd say 90% of the boys are going to send one back. Even boys who have had this happen to them before have it happen a second time. What? Even boys that I've taught the same thing and I've showed them people I've arrested for these things. 
they, the draw is just too big. And hey, Officer Gomez, Deputy Gomez. And the reason I say Officer Gomez and Deputy Gomez, I work full time as deputy, part time as officer, but my Facebook page is all officer. So I'm both. I got you. I'm both. <laughs> They're they both say, me. They say, Officer Gomez, I thought she was real, right? Because she did this or she did that, right? And now with the filters, you can be, you know, 10 years younger. Right. So there's no way to know. So this is such a big draw for kids. I mean, they're, they're in puberty. They've got all these hormones going. So their brains just are not working. And parents just cannot fathom that. Yeah. And, it, and as soon as they send a full nude picture, well, now the person comes back to them. And the person's already done their homework. They've already taken videos of their user grant, um, their Instagram user list. Mm -hmm. And they send them a little Snapchat clip on Snapchat of here's all the friends that I'm going to send your naked picture to if you don't send me $400 in iTunes cards. Right. And when the kid says they don't have it, they start telling them how they can get it. Hey, go steal your mom's credit card, sure. buy iTunes cards. And when she confronts you, you just say that you bought Fortnite characters, you know, Fortnite skins. Right. Right. And so then that these guys are very, very good and they're very persuasive and it happens all the time. I mean, they're getting, yeah. it is just ridiculous. And parents have no idea how strong that, that thing is with the girls. They do similar thing, mm -hmm. but with the girls, a lot of times they will take over an account of a, a musician or a even even a football player like the the star quarterback at their own school and they'll just oh. unders, underscore spam at the end sure they'll start so they think it's their fista finsta account or whatever yep. and so then they they start talking to them and they get them on snapchat and they say hey send me nudes and the, the girl a lot of times well i don't send nudes this that and the other the, the these predators know they just say hey well i thought you were more mature than that oh yeah look me up in a couple of years and i'd love to have a conversation a relationship with you and yeah. that gets girls to send naked pictures as soon as they do. Same thing. Right. Now, the amount of girls that have sent nudes is so high that parents just can't understand. By eighth grade, it's about 50% of the girls have sent out nudes. By 11th grade, it's about 80%. Wow. Now, with those numbers, here's the third scam. So a boy at their own school makes a fake Snapchat account. He knows their Snapchat account because he's got them on his, on his regular Snapchat account. Right. And under his fake Snapchat account, he picks any girl at his school, sends them a message. Hey, I have your nudes. I'm going to blast them unless you send me a new nude. Now, the girl, unless she's never sent out a nude, which is not very many, right. has to make a choice. Does this person really have my nudes? Will they really send them out? Right. Right. So this becomes a huge problem. And it happens over and over and over again. And again, I'll find anybody on Snapchat TikTok, anybody, I can find who they are. I'll get search warrants. I'll get subpoenas to get sure. IP addresses, but having right. the evidence, I don't get the evidence. Right. Because of awesome Snapchat. Yep. So does that make sense for what predators are doing? Yeah, that totally makes sense. And quick question about like the, um, like the one that they know, like the schoolboys that they know that are getting the new nudes, what are they doing with them at that point? So if I catch them like that, I'm, I'm, actually charging them with a felony sure right because but what was their purpose of getting it that that would like oh, what so, are they so gonna do with so, them? Yeah. so number one self-pleasure number two sure for control mm -hmm. number three for money yeah. right hey send me money or i'm gonna send this all over the place right. number four for trading now at the schools nude photos have become their own currency wow um vaping vaping is 
half of high school kids are vaping now. It is an epidemic. Yeah. But now, how do middle school girls get vapes? They're not old enough to buy them. In fact, nobody in high school is old enough to buy them. You're supposed to be 21. Right. So when they want vapes, when they're hooked on vapes because of the nicotine level is so high, when they want to vape, the dealers at the school or beyond will say, hey, look, you know, you want to buy a vape and, you know, a vape will cost the dealer, it'll cost them $15 from eBay or wherever they order them from. Mm-hmm. Now they triple it. So it's $45 to any kids. Sure. So most high school or most middle school girls aren't going to have $45. So they send a topless picture of themselves. Now they get a vape. Yeah. But you don't have to send your own picture. You can send a picture of somebody else. So if a boy has a picture sure. of the cheerleader girl, hey, look, I got number one cheerleader girl. I got her yeah. naked picture. Give me a discount. And they will. Yeah. So it becomes its own currency. Yeah, that's crazy. Again, um, all this stuff leads towards sex trafficking later on. For sure. So, and this is totally not technology related, but you said the the buzzword there. Um how often, like, cause I see this on Facebook, so it is kind of technology related, but like an adult woman is like, somebody was following me in a store. They're going to try and sex traffic me. Like how often is that like actually a thing? Like just want to debunk that myth. <laughs> Zero. Right. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> yeah. Right. So here's more how people get into sex trafficking. So you get a 20 year old rap local rap person you know it's gonna gonna be a rapper okay has a party at, at somebody's private residence invites a bunch of underage girls now from those parties you have some 20 21 22 23 year old boys that's where they'll start ghb you know basically date rape somebody in their alcohol sure. but a lot of the girls that are going to be at that party have problems at home with their parents yeah so now this rapper or these these young men offer this girl, hey, do you want to go travel? We're going to Los Angeles next week. You can, you know, we'll pay your way. You can do this, that, and the other. But now as soon as they get to the first hotel, well, you owe us. So now it's sex time. Right. That's how girls are getting into sex trafficking by the dozens. Um, Same thing with their nude photos or the videos. Hey, look, we have your nude photo. You're going to meet us for this, that, the other. You have no choice. Yeah, just a random somebody's following me to sex trafficking. Mm -mm. It's too easy to get them other ways. Right. That's what I'm, I'm like. They're not going to like kidnap you and, or like your baby who like in the middle of Target. That's just not going to happen. Yep. But. Not going to happen. Now, you do run into problems if you're by yourself at a bar, just getting super drunk and walk out to your car like that. That's a whole different thing. Sure. Yeah, for sure. But like but the, not... the Facebook posts I see is like I was in Target and this guy was like following me around and he wants to sex traffic me. Yeah, mind of my own, but yeah, it doesn't happen like that. It's too easy other way. Same thing with, I get yeah. these complicated, well, somebody's sending up hot air balloons to sell drugs to this. Um, no, it's too easy to just put it on Snapchat and be done with it, right? It's Right, right. Like you were saying earlier, not 24 go hours, here's, here's where you get the drugs, done. Like, yep. I don't even have to go anywhere. Just here I am, come get the drugs. <laughs> yep, and if somebody's on the dark web, it's even easier than that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so as we wrap up, like what should parents do to help protect their children from these predators? You know, I, what blew me away is you saying that even boys who have fallen for it before continue to fall for it. So how do you protect them when they like when they just don't have frontal cortex? <laughs> right. And that's that's on the parents, too. How, how does the kid have the phone for the second time? Yeah. All these girls that their nude photo gets leaked. I tell their parents. And the parents give 
give the girl a phone the next day. Here, here's your phone, right? Because the parents, well, how oh, me taking their phone is a punishment to me, not to them. So they got to have a phone. <laughs> right. So this is most of the, almost every part about this is going to be on the parents, right? Yeah. As a parent, you should engineer your kid's life, not just luck, survival. Mm -hmm. Let's engineer. Let's spend time with our kids. That's probably one of the biggest things I can say. Let's spend time with our kids. Um, I worked boat, boat patrol this last summer. I know it's rough, rough gig. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, twist my arm. Yeah. Okay, I'll do boat patrol. <laughs> but I saw these families coming to the, the spend the day on their boats and they're bringing friends and there's no internet in our lake. Sure. But you get this whole day of family time yeah. where it's uninterrupted. There's no phones. There's no nothing. And you see the families just having the time of their life. Now, I know not everybody can afford a boat. There's hiking. There's photography. There's all these things that you can do that are not that expensive. Um, a, a good tip I learned from one of my other friends was pick a sports team as a family. And let's let's have a phone-free Sunday and let's let's cheer for a sports team. Buy some you know sports stuff. Let's cheer for the team. Win, lose, or draw, let's cheer for them. Let's become a family like that. Go Niners. And even better if it's a college team, because then if it's a college team nearby, then the kid is going to want to go to a college to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, so those things are excellent. But family time with your kids is what's going to really be the the everything. And I always want to, I, I keep on meaning to make up a worksheet of ratio, right? Let's do family time ratio to social media ratio. Yeah. And if your family time isn't more, guess what? You're going to have problems. You're going to have predators are going to get in there. Yeah. So family time is one of the biggest things. Building up your kid's character and worth. Right. And, yeah. you know, one of the sentences I hear from some of the best of the best kids is, hey, you know, in my family, this is what we do. In my family, this is what we do. This is how we yeah. operate. And, yeah. you know, I always tell the kids when people started immigrating to the United States from wherever they came from, they would be in their little communities, right? So you get the Italians would be in the Italian community, Germans, the Mexicans, whoever would be in their little communities. And it seems like segregation. But the real thing this did is if you go away for the weekend and leave your kid with the neighbors, you know that the neighbors believe the same things you do. They'll, you know, smack the kids around for the same things you do. <laughs> yeah. Well, then we got away from that, right? Yeah. We became this giant melting pot, which there's some advantages to that. But now you don't have that community. So people did church. So you go to church and you'd have the same thing. You have a whole group of people that believe... Well, now a lot of people are getting away from church. Yeah. What are we doing? What do we have that's a community value builder? We don't. We're going to social media. Right. And so that is a, not a good thing, right? So we need to get back to some family values, back to some community things and building up communities. I, since I teach all over the United States, I travel around and, and teach. I get to see some communities that do this very well, right? They're a community. They're, the PTA comes and helps out the school. The PTA, you know, gets... The neighbors together to come help clean up the school or graffiti or whatever it is and they start doing all these you know community barbecues and so now as a yeah. community this is what we're going to do this is how we're going to handle it yeah i love that so and back to your you know boating thing i live near the mountains and the mountains does not have cell service so it's the same kind of thing where you know it's totally free i can just go hike in the mountains with my family and nobody can be on their phones because it there is no service up there. Yeah, and that's the best time you're gonna have, right? And, and the car right there is is great for conversations. Yeah, and then my city too, which I love the city I live in. I'm actually from Southern California, but we moved to Utah uh, about 17, maybe almost 18 years ago now. And um, 
the city I live in has a, a week long celebration during the summer. And every day is these different community events where, you know, yeah, there's a barbecue and there's a rodeo and there's um, all of these different and there's, you know, several parades. We have three parades during the week. <laughs> and it's just so fun to like see everybody in the community, the, like the people that you know, people that you see at the store and everything. And I love that community. Um, but we also have a really good rec program. So getting your kids involved in like recreation sports, they don't have to be like the best baseball player in the world or the best volleyball player in the world to play rec sports. And that's a fun little like community. And it's, you know, well, there are some parents that get super involved, but, <laughs> but it's not like the same level as like club sports or anything, or, you know, even high school sports where you don't have to know how to even play the game to join those teams. Yep. And I, you know, I get parents, well, my kid got in trouble. So I'm taking away sports. No, don't take them away. Double. Oh yeah. <laughs> Double. I make my kids like every, like, okay, you have to be in a sport. So what do you pick? Yep. Pick something. Yeah. And choir, music, marching right. band, all those things are excellent. Right. Even if they're not sports, you know, drama club, I see drama clubs save some kids lives who don't have a good home life choir save some kids lives right because those are real things that they can do i've never seen tiktok save anybody's life right <laughs> amen um by again my conversation with the true me ceo um a few weeks ago um made me realize how blessed not blessed but like how grateful i am for dungeons and dragons because my daughter has a weekly dungeons and dragons game where she gets together with all of her friends they like they don't use their phones they're just playing the game and they're all together and i'm like when i was a kid dungeons and dragons was this like big evil thing and now i'm just like i'm so grateful like it gets them away from their technology and they're playing a game and they're all together and it's every week and i love it yep i love it too yeah um, so anything else that you, like we went a little over, so I apologize if you had other stuff going on, but anything else you'd like to cover that we might've missed? Nope. I, I think we're good. Um, my next battle is going to be getting Chromebooks away from kids. The one-to-one -one Chromebooks I think is a horrible idea. And uh, I, I can those, definitely see that. Yeah. I ask parents, I ask teachers, nobody thinks it's a good idea. Nobody even knows why we have them. You know, some people yeah. want the pandemic, but we were giving them out before the pandemic and nobody yeah. knows you know, hey, have they bettered your kids anything? Nope. In fact, it's made it worse. Let's fix it. Yeah. Well, and it's hard for like, so there's so many assignments that they do online now, like through Canvas and everything like that. It's hard for parents who don't have all of the like technical skills that I do to ground your kid from their Chromebook when they need to do it for work, for homework. You know, is I'm like, okay, you know, you have missing assignments. So all of your technology is gone, which is a frequent occurrence in this house. So, you know, I take his phone, his, you know, Oculus uh -huh. and all of the above whenever he has a missing assignment, but I can't take his Chromebook because he needs the Chromebook to do the assignment. Yep. And then, Hey, while I'm doing my homework while they're, you know, side chatting or side Googling or side, whatever. Yep. Right. Because as we were talking about earlier with the um, sneaky ways to chat, they'll open up a Google Doc and chat just inside the Google Doc, you know, back and forth. So like you can't cut off access to Google Drive because they need that for the assignment. So I totally get what you're saying. Yep. So yeah, I think we covered quite a bit. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much, Debbie Gomez. It was so good to talk to you. I was so excited about this uh, interview and you know, I don't see any questions, so we'll go ahead and end uh, the, uh, the live, but thank you guys so much for watching and we will see you guys next time. Okay. Thanks for having me. Bye.